am told that um, one of the uh, most well-known, one of the most well-known people in the state of Israel, one of the most well-known people in the international Jewish community, one of the most uh, well-known journalists in the world of journalism, is spending a good number of weeks up here at Camp Misora, and that would be. Uh, the very well-known Sivan Rahav Meir. Shalom, shalom. Nice round of applause. There we go. Shalom. Shalom, shalom. shalom. Thank you for exaggerating. Exaggerating? Yeah. No uh, the exa- well-known, the famous. The- it's no exaggeration at all. Every time I turn around, you're receiving an award or being recognized on the top of this list or that list. Come on. You have to, you have to admit that. Anyway, uh, you're spending a few weeks here with your husband, Yadidya Meir, at Camp Misora. How did you first... Hear about Camp Misora. When did it, <laughs> when did it even get into your consciousness that there is such a place like exactly. Camp Misora? First of all, I just wanted to run away to escape from the elections in Israel. You yeah. know, f- fifth elections, uh, the best place to oh, be I is gotta, here. I got to talk to you about that. We'll do, we'll do that in a couple <laughs> Not, of minutes. No, exactly. Okay. <laughs> anyway, when we had we spent a year here on Shlichut, a World Mizrahi Movement sent us to the states, but then COVID changed everything and yeah. stopped everything sure. in the middle. And I always knew there's this concept called summer camp for Jewish kids, mountains, New York. People told me, and especially Camp uh, uh, Masora, but I heard about this concept and I felt like we missed something because we had to come go back to Israel. And this year when uh, uh, Ari Katz, Dina, uh, Ofer Marom takes care of the sure. Israeli part of the camp, yep. when they asked me to, to come, I immediately said yes. Um, and we're, uh, we're still jet-lagged, although it's been more than a week, but we're still... I, I, I mean, it's, Knowing your life, I think you're always jet-lagged. Uh, yeah, you're right, okay. because I always work for two continents. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, uh, in a way, we're overwhelmed, because what I see here is, I think it's a, an educational place. It's not like, okay, summer vacation, have fun. It means nothing. No, whenever you go, you see Chinuch, and you just spoke to Charlie. That's amazing, you know, learning the Daf and the Mishnah. Yep. So... Um, you can imagine Nahum, you know, um, I don't uh, teach hockey here and or volleyball or softball, but uh, I try to teach the, the Parsha and talk to the kids about Israel and Torah. But uh, in a way, I think maybe maybe it's a startup, you know, where it's a startup nation. Maybe yep. it's a startup. We should also bring it to Israel in a way. Oh, uh, I have a lot to say kids. about this. Yeah, why? Well, I have a lot to say about this topic, whether it could work in Israel. But oh, you, well. you and I could discuss that another time. Okay. When we analyze whether there could be a camp like Camp Masora in Israel. Sivan Rahav Meir is here, spending time here at Camp Masora. So you're impressed, and I know this because I saw your reports. You're impressed by this incredible fusion of Torah, sports, special activities, trips, uh, all the different things that uh, include the Kolel and other Torah groups here in the camp. It is a, it's like a, you, you actually referred to it this way. We've always referred to it this way it's like a city unto uh, unto, unto itself where exactly. all these activities and all this life is going on parallel to each exactly. other exactly so you have the opportunity to live in a bubble of, of jewish life sometimes the kids they go to school and uh, and that's it you have to learn like uh it's part of your curriculum it's part of you know homework assignments yep. the uh, teachers and what if you don't like it and here judaism is part of the style you know the the way you live 24 7 shabbat by the way is, is very special you have dozens of minyanim here and the two coils and i see it as something impressive yeah. i guess uh, every child finds you know what what he likes here but uh and the lake and the you know Eretz Israel is the most beautiful of place course. on earth but let's say number but it, two but is that the, the lake it, here was it rough cook who said you still have to talk about the alps oh, and how beautiful yeah right so you could say something nice about <laughs> I, the lake i discovered this summer i first the first time i discovered i'm not rough cook rough cook whenever he <laughs> left Eretz Israel, he couldn't even see he couldn't even look at the mountains the rivers he said no it's ugly if you compare it to israel 
What can I tell you? I'm not Rav Cook. It's it's beautiful. Here. Understood. I I was saying it the opposite way that even the great Torah giants do recognize that there's beauty even it, yeah. outside of Israel. It, like it we reminds had. them of the beauty of Eretz Israel. Very good. I love that. <laughs> uh, okay, can we talk a little bit about Israel now, please? Uh, uh, and then we could certainly talk more about no, Masora. Let, let's discuss there, lunch. Let's I'm, discuss. <laughs> <laughs> are you enjoying the meals here? Are those working out okay? Okay. Am I what? That the meals are phenomenal, uh, right? Yeah, of course. That's the, listen, no, oh, we're, we're speaking about Israel, uh, yeah. you can't compare the taste of everything you, you, you taste in America. Is I, I, I'm sorry. When you compare it to the Israeli taste of, of fruits, right. cheese, bread. Right, vegetables. I'm sorry. Vegetables. Right. I'm sorry. You have a problem here. We know I, that. It's, we not know the, that. it's not the camp. It's, it's America. We know we're lacking. And Believe okay. me, we know we're lacking. I okay. remind my listeners every day that we're lacking. Believe <laughs> okay. me. The future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. I've been saying that for the last 20 years every single day. So believe me, we know this. There's an, I'm going to paraphrase. I don't remember the exact line. I'm sure someone can Google it, but I'll paraphrase it. There was something like a Lincoln proved that uh, a poor man could be president and Roosevelt proved a, uh, a disabled person could be president and uh, Truman proved we don't need a president. I think we have to apply <laughs> that. I think we have to apply that to what's happening in Israel. I think after all this time, we've realized that we really don't need the leaders exactly. anymore. The country could run very well on its own. And I know it's, you know, I'm saying this tongue in cheek, but it, it has to make an impression on people at this point that the void of leadership in Israel is so vast. What do you have to say about uh, this? Yeah, I want to see it from, you know, look at it from an optimistic point of view. Okay. Israel is stronger than its politicians, meaning after two years, three, almost three years, five elections. I, I remember when I used to take, you know, a flight to Israel when we lived here to cover the elections right. and my neighbors, they asked me, okay, how, I mean, how often do you do it? I mean, every two, three months you fly to Israel to cover the elections and it's been three years, COVID, so many things, Russia, Ukraine, everything in the world changed, but uh, no stability. And in a way, yeah, there are so many challenges we're facing, but I think in a way, Israel, we prove that we're stronger than those um, that from, from this politi political crisis. Because in a way you see, you're invited to come, by the way. I saw so many American tours this summer. They come back and everything works. This, uh, the, the IDF, the, yeah. you have Yeshivot, you have the educational system, the financial system. Yeah, we were facing a problem in the Knesset, in our parliament completely. And uh, I can't tell you I'm happy about it. But in a way, you see the Jewish story is is bigger and stronger. I'm in a telling way. you. We have to start thinking Israel doesn't need a prime minister. I'm <laughs> telling you. Uh, Sivan Rahab Meir is here. Now, you, uh, you're delivering shiurim. It's something that you do, obviously, very often here, inspiring a lot of people, especially the women who are in Camp Misora. And I'm sure you're having an opportunity while you're in America to do so, whether it's by Zoom or in person in other places as well. We first became, as you know, we first became very familiar with you by using your parasha book, at our Shabbat table, something that our children continue to make fun of us about, because, <laughs> yeah. it, because it was such a dominating part of our Shabbat table every single a week. In fact, mm -hmm. uh, you may recall, you may not recall what you said about Parsha Pinchas. By the way, this business of us being a Parsha off is another rant, oh, that's, another yeah. rant of mine, you, which I must discuss with do you. Do you want some spoilers about next week? I have the spoilers of Parsha Matot Masrei. But it must be very, know, good. It must be very good for you here. Yeah, yeah. You got an extra week to Everything's prepare. Everything's ready. Everything, from next episode, I don't, I don't have everything. I love it. You see, it does work out well for certain people. Anyway, I got to discuss that yeah. with you in a minute. But I will tell you that you uh, pointed out in, in Parsha Pinchas, 
you pointed out uh, in the piece about Benot Slavchad, mm-hmm. uh, this incredible Klayakar that we have been mentioning for the last 25 years on the air, that Nashim Mechabebot, I believe is the way to pronounce it, right? Yeah, Not a criticism of men, but a statement that when it comes to the land of Israel, the women's perspective is unmatched, right? And that's why the Benot Slavchad are... Exactly. They were in a higher, I would say, level, and you see throughout the book of now, Bamidbar, but even... Vaikra, Shmot, the women always understand, they understand the situation. The men always, when you, when you speak about Chet, the golden calf, Chet Egel, right. about Korach, and about the Meraglim, the spies, they are always wrong and the women are always right. The I'm men sorry. ruin it every time, yeah. huh? <laughs> they ruin things and, every and, single and time. And you know why, and I, I'm going to connect it to the camp, you know why? Because of Miriam, or of Moshe Tzvineria points out, look at the way Moshe and Aharon educated the men. They just taught them Torah, they talk to them, even in Shiratayam, they, they sing and then the men sing after them. Right. And when you see Miriam, Miriam is dancing with them. Miriam, she's playing, she has her tof Miriam, her right. tambourine. They're all dancing together. It's an educational experience in a way, and it touches uh, the, the, the women uh, better than, you know, just teaching the men. I think the kids today, they need those experiences. They need, you know, they need us to, to create a an educational experience, um, I would say, memories. Experiential uh, education. Exactly. Right? It must be an edu- educational fun. And Ravneria says that's the reason the women, they loved Miriam because they were just dancing with her. It wasn't like a Torah shiur. It, they were like together, and that's the, that's the reason they were in a higher level. Well, with that in mind, it would seem you would say that except for Zimriya, girls' campus <laughs> is better than boys' campus. That's what you would say, it seems. That's, I don't want to get that. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> I don't Guys, be wary. Be wary of journalist Yvonne Raham Meir when, when she visits this side of the camp. Speaking <laughs> about the boys' campus, and I don't know uh, uh, how many years you Yoshua uh, was in, on, on your Shabbat table. Now he's, he's older. He's 24. That's one of the scoops here. You know, the next generation. For yeah. me, now you have a new Yichas. You're Yoshua's single father. Yeah. That's not the not Nachum Siegel show. That's, I told, uh, I told uh, Ari when I came to camp this morning, the guard, the guard did not ask me, are you Nachum Siegel? The guard asked me, are you Yoshua's father? <laughs> exactly. We lived in that building the first three years of Camp Masora. I was the first head counselor here many, many years ago. Wow. And now Yoshua has taken on that mantle. And we uh, are watching him and Gavri and all of our children with great pride. Uh, cool. I got to do this issue with you. You have to help me out here. It, it is such a pet peeve of mine. The, the entire reason that we are a partial off from Israel, that the diaspora is a partial off Israel, is because of some rule, a chutz la'aretz rule, that we have to follow in terms of Devarim being before Tishabav, in terms of Bamidbar, or Bidmidbar is the actual name of the parasha, being before, uh, being before Shavuot, etc., etc. Even in Israel, there are years when they can't follow the rule exactly. because of the way the calendar comes out. Exactly. So with that in mind... We in Chutz Laaretz, the moment Pesach ends, should catch up immediately to Eretz Yisrael You're and right. continue from there. It bothers me so much. And, and, and Rabbi Fass, who you know, who we work with in Nefesh Benefesh, so he said before Parsha Shlach, he said, and he had an extra week to prepare, obviously, he, he, he said to us, he said, no, I like the fact that, that there's this disconnect, because as much as we're connected with Chutz Laaretz, there should be a disconnect. I said, Rabbi Fass, I agree with you, but not when we're doing it because of we're following a Chutz Laaretz rule. We should be disconnected <laughs> because we're following an Eretz Yisrael rule. I need you to help me on this cause. So I think you are uh, a bit confused. Uh, The interview with Rabbi Meir Goldwicht is afterwards, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm a journalist from Israel. I know, but this is a 
political issue. I need diaspora jury on the same page as Israeli but jury. Maybe That's we must sometimes feel we're not. It's not the same pulse. Maybe it's healthy to feel that, as Rabbi Fast told you, right. to feel that sometimes we're not. You know, you have Yom Tov Sheni Shel Galuyot, second Yom Tov. You have, Don't we have those. Yeah, <laughs> we have those this, those tiny differences, and it reminds us of the fact we're brothers, but still one big family. But then sometimes, uh, you know. Uh, uh, maybe you've calmed me down a bit on this issue. <laughs> uh, so you do these reports here that go back to Israeli television, and uh, you need a good background. What's the best <laughs> background in camp? Where's the best place okay. to stand to do a report? Okay. Again, there's a beautiful lake. There's some lovely buildings. We have the Misora flag in back of you. What's the best background to use when okay, you're doing so a report? So there are auditions. We're still uh, examining. <laughs> it was in the middle of the, the, you know, that's the basic question we ask us every time. Yedidia is my cameraman every right. time, but we... We try the lake. You know, it's sunny. It's it's like fake when, when it's beautiful. Right. In in TV, it's ugly. On TV, right. it must be you. The, the angle the of right the angle sun. Right. Yeah, exactly. So and usually the morning show, they want me to to, to be uh, to broadcast. And now that's it's afternoon. Here. Now, no, oh, it's the middle of the night here. The right. middle of right. the night. You know, camp time. Right. It's twelve thirty. Right. So tonight we brought many teenagers to stand behind me and just say good morning, Israel. Yeah, we saw that. Right. And shout and laugh. But um, every time we take like you know, where we have so many options here. Uh, but in Israel, they're thrilled. They ask me so many questions. So what is it? And wh why are you there? And what do they do? And four hours from Manhattan, why, why are you? I mean, why, why do you go? So, I mean. Uh, but it's funny because I have friends in Israel who do send children to some type of camping program. What is it? Just mm -hmm. a week or two? Like just um, a week or two to have activities? Nahum, they're Americans, I guess. And that's <laughs> your, your friends. Right. The average Israeli is family. Is never going to have that. Sometimes type. we have a kaitana. It's called a kaitana. It's like a program for two weeks. But the concept of taking the phones from the kids and right. you know connecting them to themselves and sports and nature, it's a uh, okay. Maybe next year you'll interview me in my, in my Israeli camp. Let's Amen see. to that. The Israeli Masora if camp. If you can get that started, I want to visit. <laughs> Believe you me, I want to okay. see it live and in person. They're invited. Um, with the school year. Maybe official, can Yoshua work for me? That I don't know. <laughs> that I I think we have to keep him here, Masora. I mean, come on, we can't do that to Ari and Dina. <laughs> um, the school year begins September the first, right? Exactly. It, it ends June first, uh, July first, July first. So July is 1st. it? Two months of Israeli kids exactly. generally having nothing to do? Uh, is that? Uh, nothing you wouldn't to say do. nothing to do. Uh, yeah, what but, would you describe it as? What happens during um, the summer months? Generally, during the first month, there are, there is a program called Beta Sefer Shalakait, like the summer school. It's inside the school, same teachers. They get a good salary for that month if they come. And more usually of a you have, schedule? July is usually the parents can still work. Right. That's for July. August, you must uh, face the facts. Right. The fact you have kids and you have right. to do something with you them. You gotta take a trip. <laughs> and by the way, I, I sometimes you know I, I also see this as an advantage. You know, sending your kids away for two months right. it's 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 also not you know yep. maybe that's not the perfect solution families in a way they're forced to be together in august and that's also great you know 100 percent uh, uh there was once an election in israel i don't remember which which recent election <laughs> it was and they wanted to arrange a date in august and they said we can't the entire country's yeah, away they're away yeah so there's no way you could have that uh final words Sivan rahab mayor give me the final word what you would tell people listening about this incredible camp Masora. what would you say Wow, I think the the real word mesora for me when I report from here, the Israelis ask me mesora. It's a very ancient word in in Hebrew. It's not something you say mesora, and I am proud of the word. They know nothing about the camp, but the fact I I say the word mesora every day, meaning our tradition, our heritage, our ancient you know roots. Uh, I think the the word in a way the, the brand, the icon of the, just saying the word mesora. 
uh, in a way makes me happy, happy to say it on Israeli TV. Amazing, phenomenal. Thank you so much. Stick around Thank for a you. minute. I'm here. Because I need a photograph of you signing <laughs> our Sivan Rahab Meir Parsha book. Wow. Because this will make my kids cringe even more. Okay. So, <laughs> you, you, okay. Say it again. I'm not, we actually have a, 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 I think we told you this once. We actually have an introduction at the Shabbat table when we introduce you to our Torah. How do you host the Shio Shabbat table? How do you do it? Well, first of all, we have a very active, and this is my wife, Stacy, and we have a very yeah, active, a, active and beautiful Shabbat table, Baruch Hashem, with a lot of discussion. Uh, in fact, it was funny, at our Shabbat table, you know, Yoshua has a very good sense of humor. So at <laughs> yeah. the Shabbat table a couple of months ago, we said that Sivan Rahab Meir is coming to Camp Masora. So one of his sisters turns to Yoshua and says, what's she going to be doing? And he says, head of waterfront. As if, you know, like, like shouldn't you really? Realize why Sivan Rahab Meir is in Kemisora. <laughs> anyway, so there is an introduction. In the introduction, How, what do you say? I, I would introduce it by describing you as an Orthodox Jewish journalist, and that you have a book called Hashtag Parasha. Right. We even mentioned your uh, your home on Rehov Abba Eben yeah. because, as you know, it was very close to my brother's yeah, house. I'm sorry we moved. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah he moved yeah. also. Don't oh, okay, worry. Great. Yeah, so, he's back in Nachlod, so okay. don't, don't worry okay. about that. Uh, are you still in Yerushalayim or yeah, not? Yeah, You're still in Yerushalayim. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so this this would be a, a very big presentation. You know, of course, it's me. I can't just go ahead and read it to our Torah. I have to make sure to give some type of elaborate introduction. And then the pièce de résistance, if you will. And then we would hand the book, the book, the one you wrote. Yeah. We would hand it to one of our children to read that week's Dvar Torah. Wow. What do you think of that? Cool. So cool. All, I can, uh, all I can tell you is you made quite an impact on our family, whether <laughs> our kids liked it or not. So there you go. Wow. More coming up. Sivan Rahav Meir, a special guest. A round of applause, everybody, of course. Thank you. Oh, no, you sure heard me describe that whole thing. That's terrible. Uh, coming up. By 20- the way, Nachum, yeah. Nachum, uh, okay. you'll have a new book soon. Uh, for kids, children's book. A parsha or something yeah, else? The parsha, but for kids. Very nice. Yeah, so uh, soon. Will the Benot Slavchad make their way into that book or not? Will they be mentioned? They may be mentioned. Okay, I'll try. <laughs> for, for you. I mean, Dedicated you know, to... I mean, the, some of the most important women in Jewish history. I mean, come on. More coming up. You're listening to a Tuesday morning broadcast at JM and the AM.